Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Next One Up podcast. Um, we are here with a packed episode today, and we're going to start off with a little fun game because it's bowl season, college football bowl season. Let's get it. Woo! Yes, I am feeling holly and jolly today <laughs> for this bowl season hot episode, episode 101. So I think I thought it'd be fun because it is bowl season after all. Let's do a little, like, I'm going to read you some names, okay. Carly. And I want you to let me know if you think this is a real bowl game or if I'm just messing with you and we'll go from there. Let's get it. How's that? Okay. I think that sounds fun. Okay. Yeah. So I want to start from the top. Okay. All right. Real or fake? The red potato bowl. Fake. You are correct. Okay. Cool. Okay. Carly's doing great. The Tony the Tiger bowl. I feel like this is real. It is real. Oh, that's crazy <laughs> that it's real. <laughs> okay, okay. Cereal. Oh my god, it's hysterical. The famous toastry bowl. Um, I don't know what it is, but for some reason it sounds like the name of a company. Like, I think it's real. Do you? Yes. It is real. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was formally okay. I, it was formally um, the uh, the Bahamas Bowl. Okay, but they had to reschedule it. Okay, fit, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it's temporarily named the famous Toastery Bowl. It's actually on right now. It was on at two thirty p.m. today, which means Western prime Kentucky time. and Old Dominion. Yes, prime <laughs> time at two thirty p.m. on, on a Monday. Monday. <laughs> Sorry, Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. <laughs> How about the Camellia Bowl? I mean, it's got to be a company somewhere, right? I don't know. I mean, there are locations, right? They do have locations. Well, that's a tough place. I don't know. It sounds like a name to me. I think it's real. It is real. What the hell? <laughs> I, I mean, they just picked stuff out of a hat. Like, this one's good. How about this one? The Pop Tarts Bowl, not real. That was fake. <laughs> it is real. What? It is real. <laughs> I really thought you were fucking with me. <laughs> I thought. I thought. I thought I was going to also. <laughs> but you know what? That it, it is real. It is real after all. Wow. Um. Let's do one last one. All right. All right. The Gasparilla Bowl. That's real. That is real. I know yes. that one's real. Did you go to it? No, but I know it's real. Oh. Got it. <laughs> no. Let's go. I did go to Gasparilla in Tampa. Uh, is it a place in Florida? I don't know. All I know is that there was a parade okay. that day and people dressed up as pirates. <laughs> oh, yes. I have seen that. Yes. I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. It's famous. Yeah. That's what people do in Tampa. Speaking of other famous people, Carly, I want to talk to you because I heard that you have met the hottest star, well, one of the hottest stars in the tri-state New York area, and I need to hear about this. All right, so who G is referring to is the most, um, the now, one of the most famous Italian-Americans in our country, Tommy DeVito's <laughs> agent, John Stolano. The most famous <laughs> Recent inducting into the Italian-American Hall of Fame. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. 
so my dad and I were at the Giants-Packers game last week, last Monday, and we're recording this on a Monday, by the way, and um, yeah. last Monday I was there, and I'm on my Instagram, and I see a photo of this guy dressed as he was dressed. We all saw this picture standing next to Tommy's veto, and I'm like, wait, why does this guy look so familiar? Like, is this, like, actually his agent? Is this, like, a fake? Is this, like, are they trying to fake us out? What is it? And I was just like, oh, my God. I've met his agent. His agent, when I was was scouting at the Tropical Bowl, which, for those who don't know, is, like, an all-star game for, like, smaller schools, um, he literally approached me to try to, like, talk to me about one of his guys. And Incredible. Normally, like, Okay, so Tommy DeVito is an undrafted free agent. Like, he coming out, like, obviously no one knew he would, like, be a starter at some point, whatever it might be. Right. So that kind of tells you, like, the type of players that this guy is representing. More undrafted free agents where, like, you just hope they kind of get a shot. So. Right. He approached me about some of his guys that were at the Tropical Bowl. So he comes over. He's in this, like, super shiny, like, bomber jacket. (laughs) Like, if I recall, I think he was wearing, like, <laughs> Italian flag colors. Of course. You have to. Right. And he started trying to, like, talk to me about his guys, and I was just not having it because they weren't very good. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was like, okay. Like, that's your kid over there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good for you. Okay. Good for you. Okay. But anyway, look at him hitting it big. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's a fun story. Like, let him. Let's, but- let's enjoy the ride. he's a he's a go-getter he's a go-getter yes so that is like a little funny tidbit that like I have I was um did have an encounter with him yes (laughs) and we love the entertainment value that it brings to this year 100 percent. you know Uh, they needed something yeah something a little something (laughs) great boost morale um but on that some other like recent news in terms of like stars legitimate stars sorry not that not to (laughs) knock this guy but you know uh, uh, uh <laughs> Shohei Otani is the actual yes. star I want to talk about so Shohei Otani his decision of where what team he was going to sign for next was a very very big deal he did decide ultimately last week that he was going to sign with the Los Angeles Dodgers for a Woo. massive 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 contract of 700 million dollars over 10 years 700 million I mean, it's I just, crazy money. There, there are any words that I have. One, I wish, I wish you could hit a baseball. Step one. <laughs> Two, it, it just, it's just incredible because he does have so much talent, and I love that he got that deal coming off of his injury this year. Um, I just, I, I think it's great for him, and I'm excited to see what he does with the Dodgers. And he doesn't have to move. Yeah, true. <laughs> very, very easy commute for him. For sure. And, and it's. And isn't there something, I mean, okay, I'm not really as well-versed as I probably should about, like, his, like, the deferral payments of his contract, but, like, with the details of that, I think it shows, like, his agent's looking out for him, and he's looking after himself for, like, the longevity of everything. Yeah, so I think it has to do with the tax laws in California, and has to do with, like, certain, I guess, laws around, like, your salary, or how much you're making, or luxury tax, anything Mm -hmm. like that, so... That's why he is pushing off a lot of his contract and deferring it into the later years. It is interesting. I wonder, like, they're talking about a lot how, like, California taxes people who leave the country as well. Like, I mean, leave the, sorry, leave the state as well. 
So he may get a tax yeah. like that because certain corporations get that tax. Um, oh. Yeah. Hmm. So It's just interesting because, like, these these athletes have to deal with this kind of stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we see these contracts. And, like, uh, at first you're like, holy moly, that's a lot of money, right? But if you think about it, like, they, they do have to pay all these taxes. They do have to pay, like, what, on probably every single game um, they partake in. Just like any person's salary, like you get taxed, like anyone else is the same situation. That's why, like, right. people playing in Florida, it's attractive because there's no income tax. There's right. no I, income I have tax. heard yeah. that a lot. I have heard that a lot, yes. Yeah, so um, so that's always interesting. And then, um, yeah, what I do is say, like, it, like you were saying, he's coming off his injury. Like, we don't even know if this guy can pitch, which I think is wild. There's got to be some clause in there that protects the club in that way oh yeah yeah i think there has to be especially for that amount of money exactly because you are paying him off of what you think he can be not maybe what he is right now because of the injury right but i do yeah go ahead oh sorry i didn't cut you off but that's assuming that he never pitches again he's still a great batting talent yes but he's being paid to do both like that's why he's right the biggest contract in baseball history so um this crazy freaking contract. Right. Like, you should be able to do both if you're going to pay that money. Yes. Otherwise, you just get judge- – Otherwise, you would get ju- just get judge money or you would just get, like, pitcher money. Um, oh, God forbid, right. Carly. God oh, forbid, wow. only $360 million. Hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> However will they make ends meet. Um, but, you know what? Gr- great for him because, you know, you always heard the story, especially last year. Like, I remember this as, like, a casual baseball fan yeah. seeing Shohei Otani really blow up. And just feeling, and like, he was so happy, right? Like, I think I loved seeing that. Um, and he was just, like, happy to be doing the thing that he loved here in the United States and doing it for, you know, the organization of the Angels. So, yeah. happy to see what he does in the, in the other part of L.A. Yeah, I do have to say, like, I thought it was, uh, like, so funny that when he announced on his Instagram that he was signing with the Dodgers, he used, like, this super low-quality Dodgers logo. And it looked like when a high school kid tweets out that he got an offer from some school. Like, it looked exactly like that. And I was dying because <laughs> I'm like, you just got, like, the biggest contract ever and you're using like some low res screenshot from google <laughs> you know what i you know what i imagined <laughs> is like he doesn't have a social team he's like you know what like let me do it myself and he's there like typing it up mm-hmm. and he's like wait i need the picture of the logo i gotta go find so funny yeah it's reminding me it. of so funny but today we're gonna talk about something that's very timely with the nfl season right now um, mm-hmm. we're talking about tanking. So the big question is to tank or not to tank. And I think it's just comes up every single season in sports for a lot of yeah. teams, the question of this. And I think it's just, it's just a highly debated topic that I don't think there will ever be a right answer on, but I think it's just a really interesting thing to discuss. Yeah, no, it is. It is really interesting, Carly, especially because like you, we went to school in Philadelphia. We we were uh-huh. there during this time. We got to experience it. I don't know if you remember. Um, this is like a memory that like I have, Carly, of going to like Sixers games and the tickets were like thirteen dollars. Yes, and it was just like such such a bargain. Um, and it, but it was during that trust the process era that um we so commonly like know here in the city of Philadelphia, and I think. You know, most of the country, because Philadelphia really embraced it. The Sixers embraced that trust the process yes. time. And well, I, I mean, I still say it. Right. <laughs> a lot of people still do. I think it's some people's Instagram bios. Right. <laughs> and you know what? I think that, like, we as, um, like, being in the area, 
I don't know if you took it this way too, but I kind of took it as a way of like, this is like the culture where it's like, trust the process. We're going to develop. We're going to get better. At least like I feel like from a player standpoint, but like there's racking up picks and not doing well. Right. I mean, <laughs> the well. is, <laughs> it was like, like, I mean, we're referring to like the Philadelphia Sixers, like the 2014, 2017, yes. and probably one of the most famous tanking situations that we can point to that it was clear that they were tanking it wasn't like oh they just really were bad like it was pretty clear um and how that kind of changed the way the league handles those things mm-hmm. yeah um and I think that like ever since then I, I just always talked about how much it is was so disliked um but you know the NFL will talk about like the entire just the NFL Imagine Joel Embiid playing. <laughs> anyway, sorry. The M- the NBA will, will always talk about like the integrity of the game and whatnot. Um, so I was thinking, I think that's important to recognize with us. Yeah, but that's probably like the big one of the biggest things that we can actually point to in like mo- like more recent well, times in terms yeah. of tanking in sports, um, where it was like a pretty clear picture. Um, and they even but it's so taboo. But they and they even made it their their slogan, like you said, trust the process. Like they made it clear that was their identity. <laughs> I know. They weren't even trying to hide it. I know, because, like, for me, like, being in Philly and, like, going to Sixers games, you're like, what do you mean? It's not tanking. It's just... It's the process. We're going to get there. It's just just the process. It just ended us up where we're we're at right now. But we're processing slowly. Um, But, no, it it, it did just become so ingrained. Um, And it is just so obvious out there because it was embraced. I feel like a lot of other situations you hear about recently in other leagues, like the NFL, I was thinking of like Brian Flores' ac- yeah. accusations. Uh-huh. They're just that, accusations. Right. So we don't know for sure with a lot of things. Right, and that was also an interesting situation where it was coming from a place of ownership to yes. tank and yes. the football side did not want to do that, which then like creates another whole different dynamic, um, which is interesting because it's like, what is the desire of the team and the coaches, like the players themselves mm-hmm. and the coaches versus like the overall organization versus the scouting staff, you know, versus ownership. Right. There's like so many things that play into it. And I know from like, I mean, I was working for like an NFL team. Like we were very successful, obviously, but like that first season, like we weren't as successful when I was there, but there was never any, right. like there's no, never any talk of like losing games on purpose. And I don't think, and that's like a very difficult thing to get an organization to buy into. Um, I agree. And I, I like, I think when fans be like, "Oh, just lose games, just tank," we want a higher draft. And like, I don't think people are realizing mm-hmm. that like that's just not something that athletes and coaches want to do. No, they don't. And it, it, yeah, because like it, it reflects on them, and it also, it's demoralizing to the players. A hundred percent. It's like if you really think about it, like, do you want a guy to put bad tape out there? No. Like that, no. he wouldn't want to put bad tape out there. Like that wouldn't do anything for his career. It wouldn't do anything right, for the coach's right. career to put bad tape out there, unless there's some sort of like weird backhanded agreement that's going on, which also shows like corruption of leagues. But that's a different situation, obviously, a different conversation for another time. A separate podcast episode. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I think it's like interesting. So like right now, like the current NFL picture, there's a lot of teams on the cusp, and like, do they commit to the pick, or do you try to win right. out? And the other question is, it's like, well, if you are officially eliminated from playoff contention, do you even attempt to keep winning games? Which goes back to, like, do you want to continue to put some good tape out there? Or you're already eliminated from playoff Mm -hmm. contention, so what's the point? Do you just go after the pick? 
Yeah, it, it's a tricky situation, especially with like the teams that are in that situation mm-hmm. this year. Like, you know, and I, it's hard with the injuries, right? Yeah. We always say, oh, it feels like there's more so, there's more injuries this year than last year. But like, it, there's like some big names out this year. And I think of it like, for example, with Carolina, I'm just going to seize on them right now because they're just so bad. And then I'll, I'll talk about New England because I'm suffering. But <laughs> look at, I'm suffering. Look at, and I'm suffering. Sorry. It's just it's pain and suffering. Um, but with Carolina, it's like, do you play? Like, you keep playing. And you still keep trying just so that you keep getting that, that experience, you get better. Or are you over there a little bit freaked out because there have been some injuries happening recently. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, I'll pull back. Next year will be better. We'll get some new talent. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's – what do you think? It's a – it's – it's obviously difficult, but, like, also, on the flip side, too, like, if you decide – I don't know. Like, I feel like there's never, like, a point where, like, you make the decision, but oh, that's yeah. why it's tricky. Like, you know, people think, like, oh, they're, they got to tank. It's like, well, no one's going to sit there and be like, we're tanking, guys, all right? Like, no one's going to locker and being like, yeah. let's lose this yeah. shit. Like – No, no. Yeah, that's why, – why would they – no. <laughs> right. And people, you know, argue with me a lot and they say, like, because I've never been a proponent of tanking even before I worked for a team. I never think that's the right thing to do. Um, I think, like, winning helps organizations. But it's, like, people are, like, well, think about your future. Like, you winning some meaningless games could ruin your future. And I'm, like, you know what? This is why you have a good scouting staff because they should be able to, to create opportunity with picks that might not be top ten. That might not be top five. And, like, right. you look at certain organizations, like, for a really long time, like, I mean, the Steelers are in a, a tough situation now. But, like, there was something that Mike Tomlin said to Chase Young once on the sidelines that I have never lost enough games to draft a guy like you. But, like, Mike Tomlin still has his job after how many years, you know what I mean? And, like, yeah. still finds yeah. a way to, like, build a good team. They have a sick defense. You know what I mean? Like, there are certain things yeah. where yeah. no matter where you draft, you should be able to figure out. And I don't think tanking is always the answer. And if you really want to go after a guy, this is where negotiations happen. This is where trades are made. Certain things like that. Or there's a guy you really want. You might not get him. Well, maybe there's someone similar that has a lot of characteristics that you like, that you know you can right. develop. Uh-huh. No, exactly. That, that, that ceiling for them has to be high. Yeah. For them to grow within the organization because then you keep them around longer it's like it's like corporate america is i always always feel like that there's there's a way to be successful without mm-hmm. purposely losing games and like i right. get the argument of don't you want to look out for your future yes but at the end of the day yeah. if you have the right people on a staff they should be able to figure it out right exactly and also, Carly, there's like a big difference between tanking and just being bad. Correct, a hundred percent. Like, hundred like, percent. I think, I think a lot of these teams that they're like, oh my gosh, this team is tanking. They're gonna be so bad. It's like, no, they're just, they're just ass. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I think about that whenever I put the Patriots on. I'm like, no, we're not tanking, right, which is bad. awful. Right, you're, you're the, you don't have the people to win this game, right? It's okay, and you go in there and you just take it on the shoulder, but it doesn't mean that you're doing it on purpose. Right. right. I mean, there's a lot of talk about like the first two picks involving like quarterbacks or whatever yeah. it may be. But like, say there's like quarterbacks available at one, two, and those are, like the best picks, right? And you have a New England and Carolina. I don't think Carolina needs a quarterback. Them no. getting into one of those positions won't really make a huge difference for them unless they go after one of those massive 
linemen. Right, or you decide SEC. Right, or you decide to, to make a trade right. and get more picks and build exactly. your team in that way, which is always yes. like a situation. So like there's so many different options and I, I don't ever think like tanking is the answer. Um, yeah. but I do like briefly want to talk about the Jets. Like it's like an interesting situation okay. right now because like they are officially eliminated from playoff contention, but like is Rogers still eyeing a return? Like this is a weird situation because they keep talking about, oh, he might be ready to play, but what's the point of putting him out there at this point? I've been thinking that exact same thing. Every time I see it, like, oh, I'm going to come back, but why? What if you tear it again? Like let's worst case scenario, right? Like, why would you do that? And plus, you have all these other injuries that are around you. I don't think the team is in the same position that it was when he hurt himself back in September. Yeah. Like, it, it, this team is not worth coming back like that for. I agree. Right? Like, this team in its current state. I agree. And also, don't you shouldn't want to, at this point, when you're eliminated from playoff contention, this is the time to learn what you have on your roster. See? Yes. I mean, maybe, like, get some decent tape for Zach Wilson. So if you want to trade him, there's something there that you can get something for see see what other guys are on your roster see what you have Uh there I mean like I'm gonna point to the Giants at this time because like if they wanted to win more games they would choose Tyrod Taylor because they know that gives them him them more of a chance to win games but they already know what Tyrod Taylor is they don't really they want to see what Tommy DeVito is so that's a situation where you should be playing a guy that you want to see what you have versus like the guy that can win you games. Because at this point, Aaron Rodgers coming in, being the guy to win you games is not going to get you anywhere because you're already eliminated. Right. Yeah. There's no coming back for it. It's like, you you should have taken the season for what it was when it already happened. Instead of like trying to make it something that it isn't at that point. Right. And I think, I, I don't know what he's trying to do, like prove that he, you know, can I don't know. you know it's he's, Aaron Rodgers, he's better than, than any other human in terms of his body coming back from injury and he's got to prove to people because it's it's his Achilles just grows super strong right I mean yeah right I don't know but smoking crack in a cave <laughs> gives you strong Achilles people <laughs> so gee maybe you should try it. G uh, has historically weak Achilles. Um, historically weak. <laughs> Only one of them. Just one, just the one. Um, Aaron, Aaron, you got an Achilles to spare? <laughs> just the one. Um, in terms of these hanging, though, like leagues obviously like have tried to prevent it, especially after the trust the process situation. Right. Um, right. So the NBA and the NHL have lotteries, which does uh-huh. help that. Um, cause you're not automatically going to get the number one. Um, and I think that, that, that does make sense. That does like logically help things, you know? Can I just say, yeah. and like as an NBA fan tuning into like the lottery and it's like, they actually like, they, they like you ever been to bingo? I don't know if you've ever been to bingo with like your grandma or like anyone that's like an older person. Yeah. But, like, when, when they, they like, do the <laughs> thing with that, you... with the ball yeah. Yeah, and they like, they turn the yes, handle. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It is like watching that, and it is just as competitive. Just, if you've ever been to like a retirement community bingo, that is crazy. And the NBA, NBA draft lottery is very similar, right? But it's like it's just like a random experience because like it's like they they I keep I keep saying the name for the freaking thing the the, the handle that called? goes around. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it has a name. I don't. Mm. Listeners, let me know in my comments. Um, but 
with that. It, it, it's like you see it. It's like, oh wow, who's going to get the number one pick? But I do like that they do it that way because it does it does make it so you can't tank and you're not guaranteed that number one pick. And right. there are some really really valuable players that come out that are that number one pick. Exactly. Really, like Anthony Davis, LeBron, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So. I I agree with that. I think that's really interesting. Um, I like though how you didn't say Zion. Well, you know what? <laughs> People are saying enough about Zion right now. I'm gonna leave him be. That's very nice. Of I'm you. gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm trying. It's a new. It's, it'll be a new year. New year, new Jana. <laughs> like I like that. Um, and then, of course, the MLB has some weird equation that they need to figure out their draft lottery. So they started the draft lottery for the first time in 2023. And it is this whole situation of how they figure it out. And, of course, there's just always so much math with baseball. They just love math and equations See, and all of that. I'm just so not serious because it's like the NBA is like, we're going to spin this thing and the ball that comes out <laughs> is who gets it. And the MLB is like, all right, we're going to put this crazy thing into Excel or whatever, whatever, Python, whatever they want. Literally. And that, yeah, and that's what's going to give us the number one pick. That's it's like, so right. true. That's such a funny point. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great image. Like, the, the NBA guys are like, we're just going to spin this thing. And the MLB guys are like, we got the nerds in the back figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, they're, they're, they're doing Crunching it. Crunching yeah. the numbers. Um. <laughs> But to finish out this episode, what I really think that we need to discuss is one final question. Can one guy really save your franchise? Is it worth that one guy? Is this a rhetorical question? No, we're going to talk about it. Oh, Oh, you want (laughs) to We're going to talk about it. Because, like, I feel like it totally depends. Because this is why I'm conflicted. Because you can say, heck yeah, look at LeBron James. But you didn't, I mean, okay, maybe LeBron's not the best example because he was like, oh, coming out of high school. But, but like, say like he didn't pan out. What if he ended up like, um, like, like, um, oh, like, uh, what was his name? This was supposed to be really good. It'll come back to me. Um, But like, he could have not panned out. And then you just wasted the number one pick on right. somebody like that when there was other talent available. So I always think of it that way right. because I'm like, oh, but there's always that what if. Because there's one always injury bus. could change everything. There's yes, always bus. We exactly. them all the time. I also yes. think it's situational in the sport because, like, point. the NBA, there's only like five guys on the court. Yeah. So it's that's like true. one guy really makes a big difference. Where like the NFL, like it's a true team sport. Like you could have the best quarterback ever to come out and if you don't have a line to protect him so he can get the ball out doesn't matter or if you have shit receivers that drop every pass he throws or can't run Mm -hmm. a route it doesn't matter right so i feel like in terms of the nfl um like baseball and and hockey are weird because like you draft a kid at like 18 and then Mm -hmm. you just kind of like let them chill a bit in your minors right minus like Jack Hughes and Connor Bedard, who like Bedard came out and everyone's like, oh my God, he's the the like the next like future Gretzky or whatever, you know, like people uh-huh. or like or he was like, oh, he's the next McDavid. And McDavid came out and was like, oh, he's the next Gretzky. So it's like, you know, but then again, 
is like okay so let's be real about hockey like a kid is in a shift right and a shift is Mm -hmm. only on the ice for 30 seconds to a minute at a time and then they're off the ice so like how much can you really do in your x amount of time on the ice like you know when you think about it so Mm -hmm. it's just a lot Mm -hmm. a lot to think about like when it comes to like team building like I think that one guy is important but I don't think like anyone can be like a savior right yeah I think that's a good point it's like you can't be seen as like this this person's gonna save everything because you do have to build that team around and one guy is not just doing everything himself and like you're saying he's only on the ice he's only on the ice for a certain amount of time same with you know like you're saying excuse me the NFL yeah as well you're not gonna be on there forever I mean the NBA they're playing like so many minutes right that I feel like that's where like if you hit it right you might get more payoff yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I'm not going to mention Zion, but um, no. But I even look at like I even look at like an Anthony Davis, for example. Yeah. Like we always talk about how he's going to have his jersey retired in like a physical therapist's office. You know, he's he's <laughs> say that it's it's really bad. Um, um, but like his the beginning of his career, the guy's doing phenomenal, and then it just does mm-hmm. not pan out because because of injuries. You can't predict. Right, that. you can't predict getting, that either. Yeah, he's still getting paid like crazy amounts of money same with zion like i'll talk about him briefly but in terms of a performance standpoint he didn't play for what almost two years yeah in some in some way yeah. like, give or take and, like, and, like, and like, early on time. like right off the yes, bat and yeah. early on right when you should be playing these games yeah because him and john moran are in the same draft class and like john moran with like whatever other issues you want to talk about with him as it relates to, to like um off the, off the court, like so. him off the court yeah, yeah but like his on the court performance, like he does, he does produce. Right. And those years that he was playing and getting better and becoming more ingrained with the team, building like that culture around, yeah. like Zion was not doing that. I agree. I, I do. <laughs> no, it's, it's so true. And like, it yeah. really just, at the end of the day, like, it goes to show you that there's just a lot of uncertainty with drafting. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I don't think we're going to go back. Like, I don't think tanking is worth it, but that's, you know, that's my opinion. I think there's just, mm-hmm. a lot, there's a lot of opinions on this. So I bet there's are tons of people that disagree with me. On that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the, uh, maybe the optimal spot is like the three position. Yeah. Right. Like the third pick. <laughs> there's like not too, not much, too much pressure. pressure, but like, you know, you're going to get a good kid out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, like top oh, five, even... pretty solid. Right, but like we didn't even talk about like in certain leagues. Like, I, like I don't know if it's like similar with like the NFL too, but like you're guaranteed a certain pay based on mm-hmm. when you're drafted you in are. that lottery. Yeah. So it's like that is an incentive for those players to be drafted, but like the organization's like, oh, we gotta pay that as well. Like we right. gotta pay this guy as much, and what if he doesn't pan out? Yeah, I mean that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. That goes back to even like signing any contract. Like you could extend right, a guy, right. and next day mm-hmm. he. Isner's is out for his career you know what I mean so like there are right, all probably. these different implications yeah. um but yeah I I'm not I will say final answer I am not a proponent of tanking for me not to tank yes I will not tank I will not tank too to tank or not to tank not to tank that is the answer not to tank not to tank well <laughs> That, this has been a fun episode, and um, I actually really enjoy talking about this. I think it's, like, going to be yeah. a subject that's debated for, like, the rest of sports history. And you know what? Come at us if you feel differently because we want to yeah. hear it. We want to hear why. Um, yes, tell us. Yeah, so 
You guys know where to find us. Next one up pod at gmail.com. Next one up podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and X. And we will see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.